Blood and Destroyers and All Elite Wrestling Podcast for September 27th, 2021 is presented by LevelDownGames.com. Monday, and you know what that means. Welcome to another exciting episode of Blood and Destroyers, an all elite wrestling podcast brought to you by To Be Determined. <laughs> I don't want to give it away yet, <laughs> but it's not currently live, where we discuss the latest week in AEW excitement. I, of course, am your host, Brian, and joining me on the show this week, straight from youtube.com forward slash UECD217797. I have no idea. It's Dan. Yeah. <laughs> good guess. Good guess. What's going on, everybody? What is going on, Brian? <laughs> I haven't seen that Soon. Twitch go live in a month, so. It's been a little while. It has been a little while. It's been a little while, but I think it's been even a little while since you've played any video games, so. Yeah, that's, I don't know what's going on with that. I don't know. I'm in a bit of a funk. I need to bit get out of it. Bit of a funk. Baby's coming in about a month and a week or two. 40, I think 45 days or something like that. It's getting crazy. It it's is getting crazy. crazy. It yes. Is. Uh, special shout out real quick. As you're noticing, because the, uh, the the new brand was supposed to be launched, and I just didn't have enough money to get everything finished in time by the weekend. So, however, <laughs> one of the things that I did get in place, and I'm already using, special shout out to Midnight Danger, who you can find anywhere, streaming services, Spotify, Bandcamp, uh, probably Google Play, I'm not sure, but also on YouTube as well. Uh, he's a really cool dude. And I think that's the first official time we've had music for the wrestling podcast because we've just been using like random stuff throughout. Yes. <laughs> Kenny, Kenny Omega's true. intro music there for a bit. The, yeah. the 8-bit one, we used the 8-bit Joey Janela for a bit. Um, but yeah, this is the first time we actually have something from somebody official for Blood and Destroyers. So special shout out to Midnight Danger. Go check him out. And then if you, while you're doing that, if you'd be so kind, do us a quick favor, head on over to Apple Podcast or whatever app that you've chosen to listen to us on and leave us a quick rating and review because it really does help out in terms of search results so that our show continues to grow. Uh, Dan, we have quite a bit of Dynamite and Rampage to get through since both episodes were stacked this week. Obviously, they were presenting, you know, both shows each two hours long, kind of like a pay-per-view on TNT this week. So they were each stacked. So we're not going to spend too much time talking about Elevation and Dark because we do have so much to go over for those two. Let's run it down quickly. Starting with Elevation, September 20th, last Monday, we had 10 matches. Thunder Rosa defeated Kaya McKenna. Gun Club defeated LSG, Ray Jazz, and Anthony Bennett. Alan Angels and Ten defeated Evil Uno and Colt Cabana. Orange Cassidy defeated Mike Verna. Private Party defeated Teddy Goods and Jorge Santi. Hikaru Shida defeated Masha Slamovic. Sunny Kiss defeated Joey Janela. Santana and Ortiz defeated Avery Good and JT Dunn. And then in the main event, Dustin Rhodes defeated QT Marshall. I pulled four from this to go back and check out uh, Gun Club defeating LSG, Ray Jazz, and Anthony Bennett only because of the Gun Club's new music. Uh, I think it's worth hearing. It's different, but it doesn't fit a heel trios team. I don't know. It's interesting. Hmm. 
Yeah. Uh, the implosion of the dark angle or the dark angle, the dark order <laughs> is uh, is worth going and checking out when Alan Angels and 10 defeated Evil Uno and Colt Cabana. I thought that was a really interesting match. And as we go into Rochester's shows this week, could come into play even more. Sunny Kiss defeating Joey Janela is worth going back and checking out. That's been a main staple of Elevation storylines for months now. Uh, it was a pretty good match. And then the main event, Dustin Rhodes and QT Marshall was also pretty good. Uh, Dark from Tuesday, September 21st. We had 14 matches. Wardlow defeated JDX. Big Swole defeated Ali Catch. Santana and Ortiz defeated Chaos Project. Joey Janela defeated Dylan McQueen. Ty Conti defeated Marina Tucker. Uh, Kyler Murray just rushed for a touchdown, thank God. Brock Anderson nice. and Lee Johnson defeated Luke Curtis and Cam Stewart. FTR defeated Stallion Rogers and Anthony Green. The Bunny defeated X Tina K. Lance Archer defeated Marcus Cross, who has that crazy hair. He carried him down to the ring again and just destroyed him in a couple seconds. <laughs> John Silver and Alex Reynolds defeated Ryan Nemeth and Peter Avalon. Daniel Garcia defeated Alan Angels. The Factory defeated Darian Bengston, Cole Carter, and Sean Maluta. Ooh, Al- Alvin Kamara just scored too. Colt Cabana nice. defeated J.D. Drake. And Eddie Kingston defeated Bear Bronson. Um, I pulled four from Dark to go back and check out as well. Santana Ortiz Chaos Project was an entertaining match. FTR defeating Stallion Rogers and Anthony Green I thought was really well done. Stallion Rogers and Anthony Green were released back in, I don't know, July, June, something from NXT. They were part of all those cuts. There were a lot of people that were released over the summer um, from NXT that appeared on Dark this week. Um, I don't remember everybody who was in NXT before, but they pulled a lot of people that were released and had them on either Elevation or Dark just, you know, losing. So it's probably stuff we're going to see more often. I would Um, imagine so, yeah. John Silver and Alex Reynolds defeating Ryan Nemeth and Peter Avalon is good. And then Daniel Garcia and Alan Angels I thought was excellent. So those are your matches to check out if you did miss Elevation and Dark last week. But I know we need to talk about the Grand Slam. Dynamite, we're going to start there. September 22nd, Queens, New York. The biggest attendance that AEW has had yet uh, was over 20,000 people because they released more tickets right before the show actually like. Yeah. I think it was like a a day or so before the show went uh, on air. Yeah, I guess they had set up whatever they needed and was able to like free up some seats or something like that yeah and if you notice they also had seating like behind the the like stage like at the very top because technically you could see over it right like correct yeah so they had seating as as often and as wherever they could physically put it in that uh stadium super cool stadium uh i'm not sure if any other wrestling events have ever taken place at arthur ash stadium but i liked the acoustics inside i thought it kind of enhanced the crowd chants and i don't know it was a really cool show i enjoyed both nights i did no i did too it was nice uh it's nice seeing uh aw perform in a much bigger uh stadium so it's kind of nice i like how they're kind of like giving these trial runs to see you know how these work out and I think so far they've done very well yeah um all right let's kick things off because I'm excited to talk about this uh takeaway number one we have the match that everybody has been waiting for Brian Danielson taking on Kenny Omega non-title match the AEW World Heavyweight Championship is not on the line And did you notice as soon as the bell rang, everyone just like if they weren't already on their feet, they got on their feet and they just exploded, dude. Like as soon as the bell rung, I don't think that crowd sat down until the end. 
no, I mean, it was, they, you know, it was, they were excited to see it, uh, thrilled to see it. Uh, you could see the smile on Daniel Bryan face. I think if Kenny Omega was smiling inside, I know he was trying to keep character or whatever, but I'm sure he could probably appreciate, you know, what the crowd was doing and all that. So it was a really cool moment, uh, to just, yeah, have that crowd going absolutely nuts. But as soon as that bell rang, like you said, started going nuts. It was a really cool moment. And this match absolutely delivered on everything that I think we wanted and hoped that it would. I mean, these guys, for not having a title on the line, it was incredible, right? They beat the crap out of each other. (laughs) Yeah. I can't believe they started the show with this. I get it. I do. Because like I said, I get how AEW books their shows now. Like, they put it on at the beginning because they want to hook you and hope you'll stick around for the end. But, man... I didn't know we were split down the middle. I went Kenny, you went Daniel, and, you know, it was always in the back of my mind that they could do a time limit draw. We, You had mentioned, you know, maybe there'd be some shenanigans. I know I had joked around about Braun Strowman coming down. Like, <laughs> there was always the potential for something fishy to happen. And I don't know that I would consider a time limit draw fishy. I don't know that I would say that. I think a time limit draw here speaks volumes to where we could potentially see Danielson and Omega next. Because now that they went 30 minutes without a pinfall, you would have to assume they're probably going towards an Iron Man match. And if that's the case, I'm on board. Yeah. I think right now, this might be match of the year. I think it could have eclipsed <laughs> anything else. It's tough with the Bucks and uh, and the Lucha Bros coming off that cage match from All Out. But everything this match had for it, I, I don't, it's at least a contender for match of the year. Oh, no. I, it, it, it was one hell of a match. And yeah, I, I think you're right. I think this is setting up something uh, for the pay-per-view. An Iron Man match, I mean, makes the most sense. But, you know, AW's good at kind of giving us a swerve and who knows what kind of match it could be. Um, so, no, this was one hell of a match. Daniel Bryan's, uh, or Brian Danielson's chest after this match, <laughs> like, holy smokes, man. Um, I think he... He tweeted out or a photo or something, and he was either like FaceTiming with his wife right afterwards or something. And he was like, what my wife looked like after the match. And then he took a photo <laughs> of himself, like what I looked like after the match. And I mean, his chest was just so red and just bleeding. And oh, I could only imagine what that felt like. But no, this, yeah, this is, it, it's going to be hard to top that tag match in the steel cage. But man, this is definitely going to be consideration for a match of the year. I mean, uh, definitely a five-star match. A couple things to point out during the match. They did get that chant going you're gonna get your fucking head kicked in with the crazy (laughs) clap sequence after that it's like something like that i don't know it's tough but uh it's the same thing that's in his theme song so uh he had mentioned in an interview recently that he wanted crowds to start chanting that you know you're gonna get your fucking head kicked in as they do in his theme because it used to be something that crowds would chant like in ring of honor and on the indie scene for him back in the day so uh it was cool seeing the new york crowd which you know is always kind of been where a lot of ring of honor stuff always takes place anyway um cool seeing them get that going and brian danielson brought back the cattle mutilation move and it's so funny because you know he's a vegan and does a move called (laughs) cattle mutilation i just have to point that out i was it was really fucking cool seeing the movie because he hasn't done that 
in forever. It used to be a staple of his uh, of his move set, and he hasn't done it in such a long time. And then Kenny Omega delivering the V trigger to Brian Danielson when he was leaning against the ropes, getting that running start from the top of the ramp all the <laughs> way down, and then that seamless flip over the ropes afterward. Yeah, this match yeah, was, it was incredible. No, it was like I said. I mean, I think both of these guys knew what was on the line. Um, Kenny Omega doing the Phoenix Splash as kind of like a shot at Seth Rollins. <laughs> Yeah, I have to assume you know, that's I, what I, that was. I have oh, 100%, to assume. Because 100%. Because those guys love giving each other shit back and forth. No, they do, and I think it's really cool. I think it's cool they do that. I'm sure you know WWE probably isn't happy about it, but I I love the little the little digs that we have going on and, and whatnot. So no, I, it it just adds to it. It just adds to just what's going on right now. You know the the switch of you know AW. We used to talk about AW. Is it going to beat NXT? And now we're asking, is it going to beat Raw or SmackDown? I mean that's crazy where we've come so exactly no. which i was a little surprised with how stacked wednesday was and the uh the impact of danielson v omega i thought for sure we were going to see close to a 2.0 for the ratings when they came out but we only had like a 1.27 or something it was still great still an awesome oh, rating no. yeah but i thought for sure it would have been higher than that but yeah is what well, it is. May, and maybe i don't know was it announced like how far in advance was it announced this was opening this show you know, maybe some people. I don't think it was announced in advance, right? So maybe some people expected to tune in or something and didn't see it, and then you and know, then tuned, tuned right away. back out. Yeah, that's yeah, possible. I mean, that's very possible. So and once they once they found out the match was already over, they maybe just tuned right back out. So yeah. Who knows? Because you wouldn't think this match, like you said, you wouldn't think that it would be an opener. I thought it was, yeah, everyone everyone thought it would be the main event. Right, so. yeah, exactly. But I get it. You don't want to send, you don't want to end the show on a time limit draw, so. No, not at all. No, not at all. Uh, next up, takeaway number two, we had MJF taking on Brian Pillman Jr. in singles action. I actually thought this match was really well done um, I, I enjoyed the storyline. I enjoyed the build. I thought this was a great way to get Pillman involved, you know, over the last few weeks or months or whatever it's been in in a single storyline outside of the Varsity Blonde stuff with Julia Hart and Griff Garrison. Um, they just had a hard-hitting match. It was cool. I really enjoyed this match. I like no, how I Julia Hart kind of played her role on the outside of the ring as well. Yeah, no, I think it's good, you know, getting uh, to have... I was a little shocked to see her come out uh, with him, but... Uh, it was nice uh, to see, kind of get her involved. She had a little bit of, uh, you know, with the match, so it was smart there. No, I just wanted her to plant a kiss, and she would, you know, <laughs> did obviously want to do that. So <laughs> correct. Uh, no, the storytelling has been great for this and build up, and I, I hope, uh, you know, that it's not completely over. I don't know where we go from here, but no, this was a great match. It was nice to kind of get um, Pillman Jr. in, you know, kind of, like you said, away from the tag team and kind of see what he could do for a singles competitor competition so uh no i love this match um i as much heat and shit as mj mjf gets man like every match like we don't see him we, we don't see him in a whole lot of matches which i think is by design just because his mic work is so great but like he is so great in the ring he sells so well 
I, oh, he's I, awesome. I love, I love it. Yeah, I absolutely. I just fall like more in love with MJF and what he does. Um, I don't know if you saw it kind of came up. His parents had tweeted out a photo. Yes. And said yes. they don't like MJF yes, either. They, had, and he they like, had a sign that says we're MJF's parents and we think he sucks too. And yeah. uh, his dad was wearing a shirt that says I hate MJF. And they were there at the arena. Yes, <laughs> they were at the arena. And then they. Uh, and MJF, MJF said fuck you mom tweeted. or whatever. Yeah. yeah. He quote tweeted it and said, fuck off mom or something like that. So even his parents are buying into this and I absolutely love it. So, I mean, MJF literally wakes up and he stays in character no matter what. And I love it. He's good, man. He's really good. He really is. Yeah. I thought Wardlow would play a bigger part in this match, obviously, which is why I went with uh, Pillman Jr. getting the victory with, you know, some shenanigans there, but uh, didn't happen. MJF picked up the victory clean after the Salt of the Earth submission, and um, yeah, I thought this was a good match. Next up, takeaway number three, we had singles action between Malachi Black and Cody Rhodes. Thank God this match was significantly longer and better than their last encounter. (laughs) we got to see the return of Brandy Rhodes, who looked incredible yeah, after shocker. pregnancy, right? Yeah. I mean, she, she's already got her body back, and she's already flaunting her stuff already. Like, that's she's always been that way, right? She always got it. She's got to make sure she shows off the goods. That's how her outfits have always been. Correct. And man, it's only been, what, eight months? Maybe nine months? Uh, I think it's been eight months since they've had that kid. And Yeah, um, I thought it was early this year. January or February, I want to say. Yeah. So... That's pretty incredible that, um, you know, A, she's already back, and B, she looks as good as she does already again. Like, kudos to her. That's impressive. Oh, hell Um, yeah. But I thought this match was awesome, and I'm not sure what's going to happen here because Malachi Black being booked as a heel and never getting booed and Cody Rhodes (laughs) being booked as a face and being the most booed person on the entire show outside of maybe MJF. This was crazy, but I think AEW will probably listen to the fans, right? Like, this was was an incredible match. This was an amazing match between the two. I still don't think this feud is done. I still think there's more to tell, especially with Brandy Rhodes getting in the ring, sitting down Indian style across from Malachi (laughs) Black, flipping him off and literally saying, camera catching her, fuck you. I wonder if they knew. No, I wonder if they knew. Well, because usually you don't catch that on camera, though. Like, the middle finger, sure, but usually when, like, the fuck word is said, usually they try to, like, not see that on camera, but we literally saw her throw up both middle fingers, stone cold style, and say, fuck you. And Malachi just started laughing laughing, his ass off. (laughs) It was a a great spot. I I thoroughly enjoyed that Brandy got involved uh, with this, so. Um, The uh, Arn Anderson, that was a weird spot, though. Was he supposed to fall off the ring when he was going around the corner no when he was trying to go I didn't think so okay that's what I thought I think he tripped because like everyone looked at it like everybody looked over when he fell the referee Cody Malachi crowd like everybody looked he got back up got right back on the ramp or the uh the apron and got knocked off again like he just tripped but then instead of like staying down, he got back up to try to still complete the spot as he was supposed to. And in doing so, I think it made it look a little awkward. But yeah, is what it is. I mean, the man's not a spring chicken no. anymore. So, well, plus I'm sure there's not a whole lot <laughs> of room on that the ring. He's going to fall off the ring. Yeah. Those ring posts seem to stick out a little bit farther than, uh, uh, so he had a little bit of trouble. So, yeah, no, it made for weird, but it was cool. You know, once Cody Rowe was checking on him, he's like, get back in there, get back in there. So, yeah. Um, it, 
little bit of a weird spot that took away from the match, but overall, I, I really did enjoy this match. And I like how it ended with Malachi using that black mist. I wonder if we're going to start seeing that more often now. I think so. That's gonna. That's like his character evolving, right? Yeah. So which would be cool. Yeah. Which would actually be no, cool. No, one hundred percent. Yeah. Like the 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 Malachi, like the you know that's really because people keep commenting that his face paint's getting like more yeah, black it's or it's taking over like, more of yeah, his he, face. It's always been a little bit different each time. Like yeah, something's going so, on. Correct. So I I like that you know whatever whatever he's got building this character. I really like the story and everything that they're doing with it, and this you know adding this black mist. Uh, uh, is is letting that character evolve even more. And yeah, we'll have to see what they decide to do. I think that there's room for them to turn Cody back into a heel, kind of like he was in the Bullet Club days. Um, there's a story to be told here. I think they can flip the script. I think Cody could become the heel, Malachi the face. And I mean, there's just a lot they could do. Oh, yeah. one. I mean, this could go a very different way, but I think AEW is smart enough to listen to the crowd and kind of, you know, go the the route that they need to go and not And this is not it. the first crowd that's booed Cody. Like, Cody's been no, getting some boos no. during this program, and I think it's just naturally leading toward him turning heel. Like. Yeah. Malachi's way more over. People prefer him right now. Sorry, Cody. You just be the heel. It's going to be fun. I think it'll be cool. It it is. It's going to be a fun ride. Uh, Takeaway number four, we have tag team action. We had FTR taken on Sting and Darby Allin. This match, again, was really, really well done. And it amazes me every single time we talk about a match that Sting was involved in, some of the moves that he took and some of the spots that he was actually involved in. That man can go better than some people in their 30s. And I love seeing it every time we get to. Yeah, I felt like we got to see a little bit more, too. Like, I feel like his other, the matches that we've had, we there wasn't, like, you know, they not saying they're, like, protecting him or whatever, but, like, I felt like this match, they kind of let the, the chains off a little bit more, and we got to see a, a lot more of Sting uh, taking bumps and giving bumps. And, it, no, you're absolutely right. It's amazing how much that dude still has left in the tank. It's nice that he's been able to come over to AEW and show us that after the way his career or his, you know, whatever happened with WWE. It's nice for him to come over here with Darby Allin. Uh, them kind of having, like, similar face paint with the red running down the eye was really cool. Uh, no, I absolutely love this match. Uh, yeah, and I was <laughs> loving FTR's gear, the throwback to the, uh, the NWO style N- stuff. kind of. yep. And, yep. you know, taking a shot at Sting because he was part of the NWO Wolfpack for a while. Um, yeah, I really enjoyed this match. Obviously, this whole program I still feel like is leading toward Tully Blanchard and Sting in a singles match, which yeah, I don't know how that would go in all honesty. Right, like, correct. Like, Sting, it's not him that I'm worried about. Yeah, it's, it's Tully. Tully. Because yeah. we've seen Tully in trios action. He teamed up with FTR to take on shit. I don't remember. I don't remember who they fought, but he was involved in a trios match with on? them. Did they did they take on uh, Jungle FTR Boy and Luchasaurus and, and somebody? I don't know. I I used to say that it would make sense if they did. Yeah. But I now I don't think that they ever did. But I remember post match. Yeah, because Tully was dressed up in red. Yeah, the, I'm trying yeah, I to. Remember. FTR will team up with Tully Blanchard on next week's episode for the 
30 years. This was back in February. Um, it was Jurassic Express. You're right. Okay. It was. It was. My memory still works a little bit. <laughs> still there sometimes. Still there yeah. sometimes. sometimes. But he wasn't really involved in that match when he was. Like, you know, he did a couple spots. He went up to the top. He helped out with the uh, with the spike pile driver type thing. But he wasn't in the match the whole time and for more than like a minute at a time when he was in the match. So if they do sting Vitali, it would have to be on the shorter side and it would have to rely on sting the entire time. So Correct. I don't know how that match yeah. would work. Yeah, it would yeah, I'm I'm curious, but it, that's what it feels like we're going to. There's going to be some kind of altercation between these two. Yeah. But this tag match I thought was fun. It was really well done. It was. And then our fifth and final takeaway from Dynamite, our main event, we had the AEW Women's Championship on the line. Dr. Britt Baker DMD out there with Jamie Hader and Rebel taking on Ruby Soho in in another incredible match. I thought this match was really well done. Um Ruby looked amazing. I thought both girls put on an incredible show. Um, you could just tell that that this match had been planned and like they they they've been talking about this. Like everything just it worked and it flowed and I really enjoyed this. I'm glad they actually put this on last after we saw it because again I didn't want and I don't think anybody would have wanted Dynamite to end on a time limit draw. So even though. Um, even though Britt did get the victory, retain the title, which, you know, kind of we really didn't know again. Ruby could have yeah. got the victory. It was but it was possible since she did win the Casino Battle Royale. It is something that AEW might be willing to do to kind of like that shock value. But um, I'm glad to see Britt retain because I do want to see her take on Thunder Rosa and a couple people before she loses the title. Um, the crowd was so into this, man. And I, I really feel like Ruby... Like, it's just, it's incredible watching her blossom in AEW after nothing in WWE. Like, and it's not even been a month. It's only been <laughs> yeah, three weeks. Yeah, right? Yeah. It's that's been three like weeks. The, yeah, she, she's having fun. She's got this huge smile on her face. You can just tell she's in an environment that just can help her thrive. You know, she's got some creative freedom because I'm. she seems like she has a bunch of, like, great ideas. Like, just... Uh, yeah, it's just amazing. It's amazing the WWE dropped the ball on this because she is literally turning into a star right in front of our eyes. It was great to have her on the main event on these big, you know, dynamite rampage events. This huge, you know, like pay per view, maybe TV show. Potentially, potentially the biggest dynamite to date, right? Like the way that it was booked. Obviously, the biggest yeah. crowd. It had uh, some yeah. of the biggest matches. Danielson Omega, like. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Yeah, to, yeah. And, I mean, if Ruby, you stop and think about Ruby, that, and Ruby and Britt got to main event. They got to close the show on the same night that Kenny Omega and Brian Danielson wrestled. I mean, that just is huge. So no, it, it's so cool again to just see her just having fun and, and being to showcase what she knew she could showcase in a company that's going to back her and put her in a great spot. No, I thought this was a great match. Loved it. I'm not surprised by the outcome, but I'm very excited to see what Soho's going to go next and what, what she can really start bringing and crafting uh, the skill. I'm, I'm very, very excited to see what she's got coming up. Yeah. And then as we talk about our star rating, I mean, this one's tough because I really enjoyed all five matches, like, I think they were solid. Danielson and Omega was probably a six or seven star match. Like, that's over five stars. Daniels, or, uh, sorry, Pillman Jr. and MJF was a great match. Malachi and Cody was a great match. At, like, the tag, Britt Baker. This being the biggest dynamite and being as solid as it was booked, I'm leaning five. It's somewhere between four and a half and five. 
I don't think it can be lower than four and a half, right? It's, so I guess yeah, my it's, argument it's, is it's either four and a half or five. The argument would be what could there have been anything different to make it better? I guess there being a winner for Danielson and Omega, right? Okay, yeah, yep. So that could that could keep it from being five stars, maybe? Could it though? I don't know. I don't right? think so. I, I'm, I'm gonna go five to just... stars. I'm gonna go five stars. I don't think so. I think this was a five star dynamite. I do. I think this was probably one of the best dynamites we've seen in the three years, that it, the almost three years. Well, no, 19 to 20, 2021, so almost two years that it's been on TV. I think this might be the best one we've seen. Yeah, I'd be hard to argue with you there. I think I'm, I'm going to go with my gut. I'm going to go four and a half stars. Okay, yeah. I mean, I'm gonna I, go four I, and I, a half I think stars. either one. I think either yeah. one. I'm just, I'm just leaning more towards that five, so. No, I, I get it. I, I, get I like it. it. Yeah, I like it. So yeah. that gives us a four seven five. That's a uh, a solid rating for this dynamite. And yeah, man, we're not even done because we <laughs> had we had not one but two hours of rampage this past Friday, September twenty fourth. Also from Queens, New York. Also part of the Grand Slam. Like I said, this felt like a pay per view on TV. It was incredible. Takeaway number one from Rampage, we had CM Punk taking on Powerhouse Hobbs. And I will admit, I didn't go back and watch the first few minutes. I got home slightly late Friday night. I I, I walked in the door at 10.03 and got down, downstairs, TV on, and I had everything on by like 10.06. So I missed the first six or seven minutes of... Um, of CM Punk and Powerhouse Hobbs didn't go back and watch it. I don't know if anything crazy happened at that point, but from the moment that I saw on, I thought this was a pretty cool match for Punk. It was it was so different from his battle with Darby Allen at the pay-per-view. Um, you know, Hobbs getting some beastly moves in and Punk showing that he can still sell and being, you know, he can take a beating. I thought this was well done for what it was designed to do in setting up Punk and Starks. No, I, I agree. Uh, I was a little hesitant with uh, uh, Hobbs, like, and um, Punk, just a little bit of size different. Was he going to be able to, like, kind of get him up and give him the GTS? He, he did it with, like, no issues. Um, also, CM Punk went back to the tights. Uh, funny enough, I think he, he... He was not wearing... He was not wearing the... Uh the pants or the, whatever. Yeah. yeah. Um, I guess he had tweeted it out and asked. I think he did a poll or something, and I think the majority of people went with the tights. I mean, you just, you know, that's what we know CM Punk with. It was it was weird seeing him in the pants, but, right. you know, whatever. But, I mean, um, like, like we talked about, we get it. He's older. You don't necessarily yeah. want to, you know, run around in tights all the time, but... Correct. He still looks no, good I mean, tight, so why not? Yeah, why I mean, not? Exactly. No, exactly. Yeah, he still looks great. I mean, he's you know, he did all that UFC training. You know, he's definitely done a, some better training um, since he's left WWE, so it helps out. But no, this 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 was a good way to kick off uh, to kick off Rampage. Uh, it was nice to kind of see Hobbs get some work against, you know, somebody like CM Punk. Uh, no, I thought this match was great. Yeah, Hobbs had a little bit of strength and shit like that, but there was a few really good spots. But no, overall, I think this match was really good um and like you said yeah we're getting uh starks and cm punk sometime down the road and interesting enough you know starks now being a permanent stay on the rampage commentary team worth Taz, mentioning right mark henry you know now kind of relegated to just that main event backstage role um 
Ricky Starks the permanent replacement on Rampage. I think that's an awesome move. I do. No, I think it is. I think it is. And then we had Taz on the commentary booth as well. So, you know, two members of Team well, Taz always watching this match. Yeah, I know. But it's just, it's, we, you know, it's, it's, it felt like there could have been something that happened there because, you know, you already had two team members of, of a Team Taz. And then you had, um, you know, the other two on the ring. It felt like there could have been something crazy that happened after this. I see this, what you're but, saying. So. Okay. I see where you're going with that. Yeah. Okay. There, there could have been like an ambush or something because, you know, it just, that's, I felt like, I, th- I felt like something could, there should have been something taken advantage because you essentially had all members of Team Taz out there. I know we don't know what the hell's going on with Brian Cage right now. He's been MIA. Uh, obviously, no longer part of Team Taz, but. Correct. Uh, you know, Cage has made a few appearances on like Dark and Elevation, but Cage is pretty upset right now, dude. Like, his wife thinks, tweeted something out? Yes, or his something wife's pretty like upset that? too. I think, yeah. obviously, they both believe that he deserves more. I believe that he deserves deserves more. I think he's being I underutilized. Knew, I wasn't even a fan of Brian Cage in the beginning, but I agree. Um, there was actually an article that I read recently about people that WWE might be looking to steal from AEW when their contracts are up, and Cage is at the top of that list. And it would make sense for him to potentially entertain the idea with the way he's being used in AEW. Especially if WWE's like, hey, you know, we'll give you this, 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 and this. He might go. You know what nah, I mean? Yeah. I mean, that is right. If, at some point, who is going to be the big AEW guy that jumps ship and goes to WWE? Could be Cage. He would be a big deal, I think, for AEW fans, I think. so. Oh, no, I agree. And also, during this match, uh, Punk and Hobbs, we had Hobbs run into uh, Hook, which is obviously how Punk hit the GTS to to get the victory. I want to know what's going on with Hook, because I still think we might get a match between CM Punk and Hook. You think they'll sneak that in somewhere before Starks? I think I think it's possible. Um, I do. I, obviously, we know Hook's going to wrestle eventually. It's yeah. just, when is it going to be? <laughs> yeah, when? When and if CM not, Punk would be yeah. a cool first match for him if that were the case. So, yeah, I mean, hell yeah, how many people can say they've had their first match against CM Punk? Yeah, not too many. <laughs> not too many. Takeaway number two: We had some trios action uh, featuring the Young Bucks, who changed their Twitter profile, claiming that they want <laughs> the trios titles. The Young Bucks uh, and Adam Cole, now known as the Super Click, which I love for so many reasons: a) because it's a take on the Click, you know, Shawn Michaels, Diesel, yeah. X Pac, Razor Ramon, Triple H, back in WWE backstage, never an official sta- uh, faction. This was a behind the scenes group. Um, take on that, but Super Click also sounds so much like Super Kick. And it's yes. just a perfect fucking name for this group. Anyway, they were taking on Jurassic Express and Christian Cage. Whew, man. I knew this match was going to be awesome, but it was a great match. I really enjoyed this. Uh, it's so cool seeing Adam Cole get, you know, bigger reactions than the Buck oh, yeah, and man. the Bucks and yeah. pretty much everybody outside of maybe CM Punk and Daniel Danielson. Cole's getting the biggest reactions right now. And uh, you just have to assume, like, he's coming up on a match with Jungle Boy this Wednesday on Dynamite, which I think is going to be fire. Um, He's on an upward uh, trajectory, and I'm curious what they're going to do with him right now, especially kind of teaming him with the Bucks. And, you know, now they are the super click. When are we going to get those trios titles? I mean, could, yeah, could these be the three that get the the, the trio titles first? Right? It's possible. You, I mean, you just never know. You just never know because I always assumed that Lucha, Lucha, or not Lucha, Jurassic Express would be the first ones with 
you know, Jungle Boy, Marco Stunt, and Luchasaurus. But then we talked about Andrade and his crew and Lucha Bros and them and, like, trying to figure out what we could do for trios titles. But maybe maybe this makes the most sense. I don't know. Um, this match was a lot of fun, right? Christian, you know, served his purpose there. Uh, Luchasaurus being the big man, kind of taking on the powerful moves and the big spots that he was kind of needed for. But, you know, seeing the Bucks, seeing Cole, seeing Jungle Boy do all this crazy shit. Dude, this was a fun match, and I really enjoyed it. Yeah, no, I thoroughly enjoyed it as well. I mean, like with every match, I can't really. There's the Panama not a match Sunrise I can really to Luchasaurus was insane, dude. <laughs> yes, yeah, it was fucking, it, I just was like, holy shit. Like, I just, yeah, this this match was great. Yeah, where where does where does Adam Cole go? Because he can't really compete for the AEW because that wouldn't make any sense. Right, uh, Miro's right got now. the TNT, so that doesn't make any sense. But they got to do something because Adam Cole, you, like you said, I mean, even when he gets announced, every after when Justin Roberts says Adam Cole, the crowd says Bebe. When he gets in the crowd, you know, uh, in the ring, it's just insane. There is so much. Like you're and right. Just like, wait, I mean, dude. Just wait because I mean, if we're getting Bray Wyatt this week or soon, uh, I mean, we're getting Kevin Steen soon. We're getting Sami Zayn slash El Generico soon. I'm sure. It's yeah. I mean, it's exciting yeah. and I love it. I I am so excited about it. But like, I just don't. My fear is that people get lost in the shuffle. And so far, no, they've yeah. been doing pretty good about it. They've been doing good about it. Obviously, there are a few mishaps here and there, like we talked about with uh, Brian Cage earlier on. Not everybody benefits, and some people do get lost in the shuffle. But for the most part, they do pretty good. So we'll see. We'll see yeah, what they do. Yeah, they, they have done a very good job of balancing, um, you know, all this star-studded power coming in. You know, putting Adam Cole with the elite, I think, was very smart because, you know, they you don't have to focus on him having a title pitcher, you know, right away. He can just have fun with the Young Bucks. Like you said, maybe the trio titles gets debuted. But, yeah, the super click, that being formed is, is really cool. So, yeah, it'll be curious to see, you know, if we start trying trickling some more of these big name people and what they do. But right now, AW is, like you said, except for like the Brian Cage, and I'm sure there's probably, uh, you know, somebody else that we're possibly missing. But uh, so far, they're doing a very good job uh, of being able to to not get let it get super crazy. Right, exactly. Uh, Takeaway number three, we had tag team action. We had the men of the year, Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky, taking on the inner circles, Chris Jericho and Jake Hager. Uh, Dan Lambert accompanied the men of the year out to the ring, obviously from America's top team. Um, This match was okay. It wasn't great. It wasn't bad. But it just felt slower and off pace from everything else we saw during Grand Slam. I don't know. Uh, no, I agree. I mean, it, it, like I said, there wasn't a, there wasn't a bad match. But if you know, though, maybe this was our least favorite match out of all the matches between. Dynamite I think probably and this was my least favorite between the two shows. Yeah. Um. So yeah, which is unfortunate, but I think it's just the styles, right? Uh, Jake Hager, Chris Jericho, and then uh, men. Well, they um, made they made um they made Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky kind of like more MMA focused during this match, yeah. right? Like they weren't really wrestling like, that. like they used to or anything like that. Like now that they've kind of paired them up with Dan Lambert and America's Top Team, and especially since. Um, since the men of the year did get the victory 
because Dan Lambert tripped Jake Hager, so that way Scorpio Sky could kind of, you know, get the the quick roll-up victory uh, win when they were doing, like, the post-match stuff and the entire crew of America's top team. I think they had... Uh, I remember Paige Van Zant, but I don't remember Jorge something may have been the other one. Um, I'm not good with those names. I don't. Yeah, I, Paige Van Zant was the one that was uh, kind of laying in the the midsection punches to Jericho, and then I want to say it was either Jesus or Jorge something. I'd have to look up his name because I don't remember. Did that running knee strike to Jericho after the yeah. match? Um, I don't know. The whole thing felt, I mean, it felt by design, right? There's clearly something going on here with America's Correct. top team. There's yeah. clearly some MMA crossover going to happen in the future. That's why this exists. But I don't like that Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky kind of like modified their style to fit this. And I think that's why it probably was my least favorite. So I don't know. No, it just, I, it, I agree. It didn't feel as yeah. fun. It didn't feel as fun. No, it didn't. And I, I have not been a big fan of the whole MMA, you know, AEW, or yeah, AEW crossover. I like Dan Lambert. Like, I think having him oh, as great like a on manager. The mic. Yep. Right? Great I think on the mic. Real instant heat. But, like, I don't know. I just don't. I don't like it. I never have. I know when WWE tried doing it a little bit, I never just care for it. And, th- you know, that's just not my cup of tea. Uh, doesn't mean it's not going to work. But, yeah, this match, it was just weird that they were kind of focusing Sky and Page is like MMA focused and it just I don't know just it wasn't 100% working. Uh, Takeaway number four we had an insane eight man tag team action featuring Private Party, The Butcher and The Blade from Hardy Family Office taking on the current AEW tag team champions The Lucha Bros and then from the inner circle Santana and Ortiz. Uh, I enjoyed this match, dude. I thought it was, you know, just a bunch of spots one after another, but I never complain about a big match that's a spot fest. Usually when you get an eight-man tag, especially when the uh, the members are guys like this, like Private Party, yes. like Lucha <laughs> yeah. Bros, like, yeah. um, you know, like Santana and Ortiz that, that really don't care. Butcher and the Blade are obviously great as well. Uh, you're going to you're gonna be in for some craziness, and that's pretty much what we saw here. It wasn't an amazing wrestling match, right? Like, there was some cool moments. There was some cool spots but that's what this match was it was a big spot fest it was to further along this whole storyline between hardy family office and um funny enough like orange cassidy and best friends who weren't even involved in the match until the end when orange cassidy <laughs> yeah, I know, came right? out. but yeah. that's kind of like where the storyline is is at but it was you know nobody from that was involved in this match um I, I thought this was fun, but I'm scared for next Rampage now that we have Orange Cassidy v. Jack Evans confirmed in a hair v. hair match. You know Orange Cassidy's not going to win. And they're saving Orange Cassidy v. Matt Hardy in a hair v. hair match for probably a pay-per-view or, or, or something like that. So I have to assume Orange Cassidy's going to get the victory and we're going to see a shaved head Jack Evans in a week. And that makes me sad. That, I mean, it's crazy, right? I mean, Jack Evans had to have agreed to this, right? I yes, mean, there's no absolutely. way they're going to force him to cut his no. hair off. But yeah, no. it's it's going to be crazy, but yeah, Matt Hardy was back, you know, cutting a promo after this match, and he was going to make it sound like he was going to have a hair v hair right? match, yeah. and then he threw Jack Evans under the bus, and Jack Evans and was like, like, wait, wait what, what a minute. <laughs> yeah, so, no, it is uh, it is weird that this match ended that way. Um, also, just real quickly, I was off of work on... Tuesday? It was Tuesday. Had to stay home and get some work done. I was watching the MLB network. Orange Cassidy was on that. They were on there to promote this big event. So I thought it was like, okay, Orange Cassidy's going to be on here. You get to kind of just see him be himself. No, he stayed completely in character when they were, uh, uh, Roflo is, uh, I can't remember his real name, but he's, he's a sports announcer, but he's a big like wrestling guy. So he's uh, Robert Flores. Shout out to the wife listening to the podcast. (laughs) Shout out to Robert Flores. So he's a big wrestler. 
Yeah, so big, uh, he's a big wrestling fan, so he was trying to get, like, Cassie to, like, you know, uh, he was asking him questions, and just, Cassie was just doing the whole nonchalant, like, just, like, uh, you're like, why am I here, you know, and, and it, it, I don't know, it was really cool, so that was really cool that Orange Cassie stayed in character on a show to promote uh, AEW, so it was kind of nice that he did that, so I wanted to yeah, kind of bring that in briefly. That's awesome that he did. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was it was just so cool, like, they were trying to get him, but, you know, Ruffalo, he knew what was going on, so, like, he knew, like, that like other places you know people might get frustrated with that but because Robert Flores is you know familiar with Cassidy and even, I think he even stuff, brought right. it up he even brought it up once or twice talking about staying kfab so it, it was really cool so I, I just kind of wanted to talk about that I'm going yeah. to correct you on the correct way to say that word kfab kfab <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. What do we got next? Takeaway number five. We had our women's action, Anna Jay taking on Penelope Ford. Um, I was shocked at this match, right? Like, first of all, I was surprised that Penelope Ford got the victory. I, I thought know. for sure that uh, Anna Jay would win here with how hot she's been since returning. Um, I get it, you know, with Penelope Ford getting the victory, that leads to the tag team match that we're going to see this Wednesday on Dynamite. So the victory for her makes sense now Now that we know that. And obviously with everything that's kind of going on in the Dark Order right now. So, um, you know, the bunny passing the brass knuckles to Penelope Ford, all that's still coming into play. But then when the entire Hardy family office came down because Ty Conti ran down to help out Penelope Ford, we had the Dark Order come down in two separate spots, right? So we had, yes. what was it, John Silver, Alex Reynolds, uh, Ten, and Alan Angels kind of came out first. And then Evil Uno, Stu Grayson, and Colt Cabana kind of came out third or second after those guys. It was the three of them. But uh, they kind of ran down and made the save, I want to say. But they were also with Chris Statlander and Orange Cassidy. This just felt like a clusterfuck at the end. There were so many people <laughs> no, out there was. at that point. Yeah, it, it was. It felt a little crowded. Um, I, I get what they were kind of doing because they were still kind of, I think Anna Jay had made a comment about don't come down and help me if you guys aren't going to like come down united. So we thought we were going to kind of get that like, I don't know, warm, fuzzy moment. And we did not what Evil Uno and uh, Stu, Stu Grayson, Grayson and Cole left. Cabana. And Colt Cabana. Uh, well, but Colt Cabana was torn, right? He, he, he left he reluctantly, right? Right. Yeah. He kind of like was he didn't know which way to go, but he exactly. did follow Uno. You know, he did. You're absolutely right. He did do that. So we still haven't had that, you know, working out the dark order issues. We still have that little bit of crack divide going on. So, you know, is somebody going to show up and help fix that? I don't know, but I, I like that we're still got this going on and we have no idea what's going on with the dark order. Yeah, this was um, it was just an OK match from start to finish. Right. Like it wasn't anything great. But um, yeah, the end was a total total clusterfuck. And we'll have to see what happens. Maybe Bray shows up this week. <laughs> rumors are does. rumors keep saying it. And yeah. uh, it would be cool if he did. He doesn't even have to be involved in the Dark Order storyline. It would just be cool if he shows up. It'd be yeah. Cool. Since yeah. Aaron Rochester. Uh, our sixth and final takeaway for Rampage, we have a lights out match. Tag team action, Minoru Suzuki and Lance Archer taking on John Moxley and Eddie Kingston. And yeah, this match was pretty crazy. I think we have to, you know, we kind of assumed that this would be just an absolute brawl. Um, yeah, it wasn't really, going to be a normal tag match. <laughs> no, absolutely not. This wasn't anything technical. There was no high flying here. This was just four dudes beating the shit out of each other. I liked the pre-match promo 
between Minoru Suzuki, Lance Archer, Eddie Kingston, and Mox with Mark Henry. Like, I thought that was done really well. Uh, Kingston kind of, like, not being able to take his shirt off and getting frustrated with it and kind of yeah, working that into was, the promo. Yeah, that shirt was kicking his ass. <laughs> I mean, and he was getting a little frustrated, which was hilarious. I thought the spot during the match when Kingston and Suzuki were chopping each other back and forth and then Suzuki kind of looked at the camera and just did this, like, psychotic laugh. I loved that. I love Minoru Suzuki. I love how often he stuck around. He's been here the entire month. Like, he showed up at All Out. Yeah. And we're on September 24th. Well, granted, the show was recorded on September 22nd, but still... Um, he was here for, you know, a solid couple weeks. And yeah, I mean, we're going on four weeks, yeah. I don't know that, you know, the storyline's over yet because with Mox and Kingston picking up the victory, you and I both kind of assumed Archer and Suzuki would get the victory. Um, With Mox and Kingston getting it after the paradigm shift and, you know, the kendo stick. Kendo sticks in the trash can. Fucking plethora of kendo shit, <laughs> like 20 plus kendo yeah, stick shots oh to, to Lance Archer who had his head in the trash can. Um, getting the victory that way. I'm not sure that this storyline's over because that wasn't like a. Cl- I mean, it's a clean win, right? Because it's lights out, but like it wasn't. Correct. Yeah. It wasn't. I, I I could see Archer or Suzuki saying, "You only beat us because of this." So yeah, exactly. There's uh, well, and Homicide showed up. Let's not oh, forget and Homicide, that. Yeah, let's not for let's not forget Homicide actually made an appearance here and uh, helped out his boy. Eddie Kingston, and very interesting to note, if Homicide ends up sticking around, um, we may have a full reunion of LAX in AEW, because Santana and Ortiz are there, Diamante's there, Homicide's there, the only one that's technically missing is Hernandez, and he's oh, an yeah, He could technically, he be, so he could technically he could, show up. <laughs> he could show up, yeah, so we have all the components there then. So we, ha- we have a full potential for an LAX reunion inside of AEW, which would be really cool, and it seems like Homicide might be sticking around Around. Thank God the New York crowd knew who he was, right? Because he's not like a very no, memorable he's not. character in terms of look. Yeah. He kind of showed up looking like you would expect him to off the streets of New York exactly. with a bandana yep. on, kind of like in a gang or something like that. But that's how his that's his gimmick and that's how he dresses. So thank God they knew who he was. Um, his music is already uploaded to AEW Music's YouTube channel, which makes me assume that he might be sticking around. Yeah, but it's not just a one and done. Then again, I think Nick Gages was uploaded too and he hasn't been back. So who knows? Who knows? Well, that's a little different, though. I mean, that's a little different. It is. But, uh, it is. But you never know. Like, sometimes they do just bring these people in for a yeah. one-off type of a thing. So I hope it's more. Homicide's cool, and he would add a an interesting mix, especially if they did kind of pair back up LAX. Like, could be another faction. That could be a way to get Santana and Ortiz out of the inner circle, which almost doesn't even feel like a faction right now, right? It doesn't. Because, no, it really doesn't. Because, yeah, because uh, uh, they didn't come out and help uh, Hater and uh, Jerry. Jericho when they Hager were getting the shit beat out of him. Yeah. They didn't help Sammy when he got his shit kicked in by Miro. And uh, they didn't help Santana and Ortiz when, when they were getting kind of beat yeah. up. So hmm. um, it, it almost feels like the inner circle might be on its way out. I don't know. And if so, maybe LAX can kind of scoop in and that's where Santana and Ortiz find themselves. Who knows? But there's that's a lot of possibilities. Yeah, yeah, a lot of possibilities here. Uh, star rating for Rampage, not as strong. As dynamite, I I, no. I get I get that they stacked dynamite because it was the live show. Obviously, uh, Hobbs and Punk was fun. The match of Rampage had to have been the trios match: Young Bucks, Adam Cole, Jurassic Express, Christian. I thought was incredible. Um, 
Everything else was just either okay to good. Like, nothing was great beyond that point, except for the main event. So we had three of our six matches that I would say would be great. The rest were just okay to good. Um, I'd probably fall... I think taking that into consideration, I probably fall at a three and a half star rating for Rampage. That's exactly what I was thinking. I'm gonna go three and a half stars. Yeah, uh, I don't. I, I kind of thought about four for a second, but no. I think even even Punk and Hobbs wasn't amazing. So no, it wasn't. No, the only it thing was... that was really amazing was that main event and then the trios match. So three and a half yes. is good. Three and a half. Nope, is good. I nope. I agree. I agree. Looking ahead to this week, uh, you know, like we keep talking about it, Rochester, New York should be an interesting show. Obviously, the home of the late, great Brody Lee. I have to assume something's going to happen in terms of his memory, right? Like, they're they're going to probably do something or mention him. Yeah. There's probably going to be some chants. There's probably going to be some signs. It should be a sad, uh, heartfelt, emotional show at times, I'm sure. And if rumors and smoke and, you know, where there's smoke, there's fire. A lot of people are talking about Bray Wyatt's character, whatever he's going to go by debuting at this show in Rochester. And I think if that happens, that would be really cool. Yeah, um, there could be maybe some really back, cool um, stuff happening. Maybe they bring back uh, Eric Redbeard for this show, too. Uh, they could, yeah. We've seen him once before. Um, yeah, at, at the, uh, the the celebration the episode tribute, after he passed. Yeah, yeah. So maybe so, he shows up here, too. Because he's not yeah, been anywhere else. No, he hasn't. Not at all. And, and, and I don't know that he even is going to go anywhere else at this point. Like, he may not even be interested. So... He might just be doing these one-offs. Maybe he does show up, you know, kind of like moments like this that mean something to him. You know what I mean? So Correct. We'll yeah, to kind of pay tribute. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but looking at what matches we have confirmed, starting with Wednesday's Dynamite, we have four matches confirmed. We have to assume one or two more will be added. The TNT title will be on the line. Miro takes on Sammy Guevara. This should probably be Miro's strongest match yet for the TNT title. I have to assume this one won't be nearly like some of the other ones that we saw, but Miro's got to retain here. Like, even though I do yeah. want Sammy to get a title eventually, it's not time yet. Not no, time for not. Miro to lose that title. No, not at all. I love the run that he's going on, the promos that he cuts every week. Uh, yeah, it's not time for Miro to drop that belt. Adam Cole will be taking on Jungle Boy and Singles Act. God damn, dude. Derrick Henry just trucked somebody while he was running. Incredible. Anyway, <laughs> Adam Cole will be taking on Jungle Boy and Singles Action, which should be a, a really fun match. Um... Adam Cole's probably going to win, but damn, it'd be crazy if they let Jungle Boy get the victory. And I can see them doing that because Jungle Boy's been on fire lately. So He has, and you know you don't want to slow his momentum down. Yeah, but even if he loses to Adam Cole, that's not going to hurt Jungle Boy. No. Like, Adam Cole is so over that it doesn't matter if you lose to him right now. Well, and now we have like the super click, so there could, again, be shenanigans. Right. I talk about it every week, but yeah, right. there could be some shenanigans going on. Be. Yeah, there I 100% be. believe it, yeah. Yep. So. Uh, Cody Rhodes and Lee Johnson will be teaming up to take on Dante Martin and Matt Seidel. Seems like they might be leaving Dante and Matt together for a bit here. Yeah. Hey, I like it. Let's let's see where it goes. Yeah. I'm, I mean, I'm not sure why Cody is teaming up with Lee Johnson a couple days after losing to Malachi Black. Maybe Malachi Black <laughs> comes down during this match. I don't know. And then uh, we have a women's tag team action. Penelope Ford and the Bunny taking on Anna Jay and Ty Conti. Tay Jay. That's our dynamite so far. And I don't know that we're going to get the women's titles or the women's tag titles at this point. Because there was a report that yes. talked about they were going to be introducing the TBS title for the girls. Which, it makes sense, right? I get that. 100%. Like, they have the TNT we title for the guys. Belt. So, if they put in the TBS title for the girls, that would solve several issues. 
um, at least in the women's division. And I like having a mid-card women's title more so than a tag title for the girls because that will circumvent them having to create random-ass teams out of singles wrestlers just for the sake of doing it like WWE did. Yeah, it'll feel forced. Right. And we don't want that. So, no, I think the TBS title is great, especially now that a lot more women are kind of, you know, they're getting healthy uh, and we're just getting a lot more women coming over. I, I think this is uh, this is smart. And we did find out that Dynamite's going to be moving to TBS on January 5th. Uh, they've confirmed the date. It'll be the the first Friday or the sorry the first Wednesday of uh, 2022. It'll be on TBS normal time eight o'clock, and then um, Rampage, which was also supposed to be moving to TBS, is actually staying on TNT on Friday nights at 10 o'clock. So it's not moving. It's staying on TNT, uh, which makes sense because I, I I you know I'm glad that Dynamite's gonna get moved off because basketball was really messing that up. Basketball, hockey was gonna mess it up this coming yeah, up yeah, season. Yeah, hockey. Yeah, hockey's on there this year. Yeah, I forgot about that. I I sort of wish. Rampage would move and get an 8 o'clock time slot somewhere else because, you know, I think that show is too good to be on from either 10 to 11 or 10 to midnight if they do stretch it to two hours. Um, I think it would pull over a 1.0 just like Dynamite does if it was on at a better time. So... I, I, it does make me sad that they're keeping it on that 10 o'clock, but hopefully in the future it'll get on a better time slot, especially if the numbers keep going up. But right now they've been kind of dipping because of its time slot. So who knows? Yeah, the time slot's difficult. So, yeah, maybe there will be a change in the future. Yeah, but we already did mention it. We have one match confirmed for Rampage next Friday, this Friday technically, uh, also from Rochester, New York, in a hair v. hair match. It'll be Jack Evans taking on Orange Cassidy, which should be interesting. Uh, and I think it's a normal rampage, right? It'll be an hour, so we'll probably get like one or two more matches confirmed on Wednesday for this show. Yeah, it'll be back to normal. Yeah. But, uh, Dan, we crammed it all in. We made it in about an hour, which is pretty impressive. Yeah, for a jam-packed show, but, I mean, there wasn't. A, it was just matches, you know? There weren't a lot yeah, of segments. Yeah, no segments was... really to talk about, nothing really to speculate on. Uh, and we didn't spend a whole lot of time, obviously, on Dark and Elevation, so that kind of helped out, too. But, uh, yeah, I know you got a lot going on, so what do you say we wrap this up? I am a busy man, yeah. Let's hot tag and get the hell out of here. All right, well, we want to thank you for sticking with us and listening to another episode of Blood and Destroyers, an elite wrestling podcast made possible, of course, by... To be determined. Tune in this week. We'll have it set up soon. I promise. Want to help us and grow the show? Subscribe and spread the word. Details on ways to do just that can be found in the show notes on whichever podcast app you've chosen to listen to us on. The, uh, theme song of the week. Last week we went with, obviously, Ruby Soho. This week, Dan, it is your call. What are we going with? Uh, I'm going to go ahead and just give a little props since they did pull off the win to uh, the men of the year. Uh, let's hear that song. Okay. Little men of the year. Reach for the sky. I think they. I think that's still in their theme as the, uh, as the men of the year. Um, it is, yeah. It's theme song. But uh, yeah, we'll close out with Men of the Year, Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page. Now hit the music. Go! Reach, reach, hold up. Just watch us, ain't no way you can stop us. Be your sky and eat the pain. Nobody can stop us. They not prepared for the stamina. Way too much for you amateurs. Lay you down for the count and still look good for the cameras. Let me know if you had enough. The W's adding it's not bragging when you know you got the skills to back it up. Go, reach, reach, hold up, hold up. Sky. Come on, gotta go, my ego is about to run.